Cheers! I'm so delighted to be back. This is season seven on Fashion Love Stories, my beautiful darlings. And it has been uh, a pleasure for six seasons now sharing my beautiful love stories with you, my fashion love stories, my spirituality and uh, all the fantastic high vibrating things in life. Um, I was born in Greece, uh, raised in New York City, studied at the Fashion Institute of Technology and worked uh, in the fashion industry uh, in New York City. Uh, Versace, Bergdorf Goodmans, and uh, Susanna Galani's jewelry, Age of Gods. Currently, I am uh, venturing into podcasting, uh, also art and uh, uh, design as well, other than jewelry. So stay here, and uh, during the season, you will find more things about me, and we will share um, beautiful stories together. Stay well. My beautiful darlings, it's Susanna. I am back. My deepest apologies because I took uh, a couple of weeks to record uh, because um, I was not feeling well and uh, I just needed some time to gather myself together and uh, heal because uh, something happened I had a little accident with my back and then I started becoming very down emotionally and uh, I just um, was not um, in the mood to be cheerful and uh, share beautiful fashion love stories with you furthermore I'm feeling well by the way so it's I'm back to normal Furthermore, I started uh, the previous episode with uh, highlights from the New York Fashion Week uh, that was shown in New York in September, the beginning of September, and uh, and this was for the Spring 2024 collections, okay, a preview. This is what the designers of uh, New York have shown. And my next step was to record... Um, the following fashion week which was which was london and then eventually milan and paris uh, for the whole entire month of um, september as soon as i started um, watching the fashion shows from um, london uh, i was not very excited I was going back and forth, I was procrastinating, my heart was not there, there was no passion, and I don't know, I guess I was intimidated by the market, by the by the London Fashion Week. I'm not too familiar with most of the designers, a lot of new emerging designers are choosing to show there. And I was a little bit scared to go there. So I was postponing the recording and then uh, the following fashion uh, weeks happened and the following week, uh, which were the Milan and Paris. And this is where I started getting excited and I started um, 
watching the fashion shows, the Gucci, the Prada, and so on and so on, uh, Dior in Paris, Miu uh, Miu, what can I say, and so on and so on and so on. I had no time to record. I was fascinated with the fashion shows. And my dilemma is, should I record uh, the highlights of uh, London or just move on to other things? Uh, I may change uh, a little bit the direction of what I wanted to speak and highlight specific designers and uh, be a little bit more fluid, a little bit not so structured one week and then another week and then another fashion week and another fashion week. I feel uh, because I cannot do it, I'm very intimidated by um, London Fashion Week. I just, uh, I was um, challenged <laughs> to, to start uh, speaking and uh, discussing uh, my views and because I didn't know there's there are so many designers and I was so overwhelmed and uh, I just felt I should uh, break it down a little bit so in the meantime uh, one of the very famous very well-known uh, design houses in London is the Burberry house and there is a new designer and uh, it's an exciting situation and uh, it was an amazing show Burberry so I rather spend this uh, episode um, with uh, just going a little bit more deep into the Burberry house uh, the fashion history behind it and what made it uh, such a fantastic brand and what happened and what is going on and uh, uh, what is the exciting future it's a very classic timeless collection and uh, a beautiful design uh, uh, aesthetic and very very classic yet uh, this season uh, it was really modernized, updated, and moving forward in order to attract uh, the next generation of uh, consumers, the younger generation, the generation uh, uh, Z, and um, this young group of people that are very happening and very hip. So this new designer has made some has made I'm sorry has made some changes and uh, I'm going to tell you more about the history of um, Burberry and uh, uh, I'll, I'll take it from there if I need to inject any other designers uh, as I'm speaking I may but I'd rather focus on the Burberry uh, house and uh, the brand and uh, just be a little bit more uh, deep as opposed to highlighting the collections that I'm not very very familiar so I felt extremely uncomfortable uh, so I'm learning so as I'm speaking to you about the collections for years I have not been uh, in uh, fashion although uh, 
I am a fashionista and I, and I am very familiar but because I was doing uh, uh, for um, 15 years plus my jewelry collection I was really focusing a lot on my company and I was not focusing a lot on the collections to go in depth and familiarize what is going on what changes are happening in the fashion industry uh, who is the new designer because they're switching around and uh, the stories behind and the personalities and the talents and I was very very um, uh, scared to just go there because I didn't know so I'd rather go a little bit more in depth and uh, definitely give you more valuable content and uh, spend more time uh, with the collections and of course we have the whole season I'm going to go in depth in a lot of collections and I may do uh, something about uh, in general what happened with this market uh, this fashion week or this fashion week but um, I just felt um, uh, it's easier for me to give you better content uh, by really focusing because um, this way uh, I have the time to research and to do more uh, in-depth uh, um, analysis and really know what I'm talking about. So it's going to be all about Burberry. I hope you like the situation, you like the podcast. Uh, and um, because of this new designer that I'm going to tell you all about it as soon as I take a little break, uh, from this new designer is making a lot of different exciting changes. So it's something to look forward to and keep an eye on uh, the season and um, the next coming seasons and see where he's going to take uh, um, where his talent is going to uh, affect uh, the very traditional uh, uh, design house and uh, the brand of uh, Burberry. So um, it's all um, superficial because I feel uh, I was a little bit hesitant as well uh, to speak about. Uh, fashion because as I am speaking uh, it is uh, October 10th and a few days ago a major event happened in the Middle East and a lot of lives were uh, lost and a lot of uh, human suffering uh, um, uh, happened and is still happening and it's just breaking my heart to not talk about it and to talk about something uh, uh, superficial in comparison to this event as fashion, it is uh, as, uh, not as important. And um, I just wanted to address this, that uh, I'm really heartbroken and uh, shocked and I don't know the depth of the situation and uh, all the details and uh, the entire... Uh, uh, destruction and uh, the numbers and uh, more details uh, however it is very 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 saddening and uh, my heart and my prayers are going to the people of the region and uh, the innocent people that are in uh, the middle of all this uh, uh, and um, my heart is uh, I'm praying for them, for, for their safety, for their survival, for their healing um, and the 
um, I'm praying as well for, for, for a solution and a reconciliation, a peaceful outcome that uh, will be beneficial for humanity and especially the people of the Middle East, uh, uh, Israel and uh, Gaza area specifically. So I'm praying and I'm hoping uh, that um, the light of the Creator is going to, uh, to help is going to enlighten the situation and uh, peace will prevail. In the meantime, I feel uh, that we must go on, we must be strong and we must not allow um, events like that to bring us down uh, psychologically, even though we are acknowledging the, that's how I feel, uh, even though we are acknowledging uh, what is going on uh, from this perspective, from this, uh, from the war perspective and uh, the political situation in the world, we must, as humans, go on and be strong and go on with life and uh, show strength and uh, not be affected and uh, freeze. So I'm continuing with the podcast. Um, and if there is anything that I need to address uh, regarding um, the situation in the Middle East, I'm going to uh, speak about it uh, in a segment. But for now, uh, this is how I feel. And uh, I'm numb, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else can I say. But um, uh, I feel that I should... Uh, move forward and uh, expect um, good, positive outcomes. I'm staying positive. So I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back and tell you all about the Burberry house and the history and uh, the collections and uh, uh, what the industry is talking about and uh, all the details so at least you'll know something about when everything goes back to normal which it will so you'll know something about uh, uh, Burberry <laughs> because you're fashionistas after all And here we are. This is the story of the famous, uh, proudly British Burberry house. It's known for uh, smart, simple and classic designs. Uh, and it has a great history. Um, and it is associated uh, with the British fashion and history and image as well. So currently, the new designer that started uh, a season ago, showed the collection in, uh, in London for Spring 2024. His name is Daniel Lee, and I'm going to go over the collection and analyze. Also highlight a little bit the previous collection because that was uh, his first collection with Burberry last uh, for the fall, um, fall uh, and winter 2023-24 season. So he's known, he's very famous for uh, being the designer for Bottega Veneta, and now he has moved to Burberry and uh, B. 
people are excited about uh, this new blood and new creative uh, direction and changes that he's promising to deliver. So I'm going to go back to him. Uh, however, he is somebody that uh, uh, definitely matters a lot in the, in the house on of um, Burberry these days. But let's go back to the original uh, person that mattered a lot. And he's Thomas Burberry, who established uh, Burberry in uh, Basingstoke in 1856. He was just 21 years old. He founded um, the company on the principle that clothing should be designed to protect people from the British weather. As we know, uh, the British weather is very rainy and wet and uh, dark and uh, people need protection from the weather. So at that time when uh, he was uh, um, just about 21 years old, uh, for a few years before that he was uh, interning uh, in a company that uh, was dealing with uh, fabrics and he was very much familiar uh, through his apprenticeship uh, with his company, with fabrics, and already he had some kind of an idea, okay, that uh, what what really was happening with uh, clothing and how clothing was constructed and all that. So he had an introduction while he was apprenticing. But um, in 1856, he he founded uh, the company, and in 1879. Um, he invented the gabardine, which is the fabric that is used to um, create the, the rainwear that Burberry is uh, known for. It is a breathable, weatherproof and uh, hard-wearing fabric, and um, this particular fabric at the time revolutionized the rainwear that was in so much uh, demand in uh, England because of the weather. Before that, uh, all the fabrics that they were used were typically heavy and uncomfortable. So gabardine came as uh, a solution and uh, became a, a conf uh, comfortable um, uh, choice. Okay, so the gabardine was patented in this case in 1888. Okay, so he's the creator of the gabardine fabric. In 1893, um, an Norwegian polar explorer, a zoologist, and a recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, Dr. Fridjof Nansen, uh, was the first recorded polar explorer to take the Burberry gabardine to the poles when he set sail. Um, bound for the Arctic Circle. So he was a style influencer at the time. He was a celebrity, a well-known person that uh, gave a lot of publicity. Even back in the day, publicity in the fashion world mattered. So this is what uh, Burberry uh, was using famous uh, people, um, in this case an explorer, to, to just give attention to the brand and to the item. So here we go uh, in another circle, uh, 1901, uh, uh, the company runs a public competition to design a new logo for the brand, okay? So they moved on, uh, it was uh, uh, a successful company up to date and they needed a logo. So they were using a lot of um, 
what we are using today publicity and also branding so this is the brand so they they ask the public to compete and design a logo for them uh, which was cool um, the winning entry is inspired by 13th and 14th century armor on display uh, at the Wallace collection in London so this was inspired uh, um, this particular uh, collection inspired the equestrian knight which is uh, the symbol of uh, Burberry it's a knight on a horse it's really very elegant and uh, going back to the current uh, designer Danieli he rebranded everything recently by by but brought back the original um, brand but uh, made it more contemporary in blue color and modernized it but uh, he's using uh, the original uh, branding which they were not used using for a while but we're gonna go back to that when I speak about the contemporary Burberry. So let's stay with the history. The reason I mentioned it, it is an important factor that the original uh, um, logo is uh, being used right now. So they're going back to the basics. In 1908, another famous person wore uh, Burberry. Uh, his air commander, Edward Maitland, um, he wore gabardine to travel from Crystal Palace to Russia in a hot air balloon. So he covered a distance of 1,117 miles in 31 and a half hours. So he set the world's uh, long distance overseas record and the British long distance in-flight record. So he wore um, Burberry, so the publicity he got because of his achievement. Uh, also gave a lot of exposure um, to the brand and the item. In 1912, the Tilekoken, Tiel, Tiloken, Tiloken, I'm so sorry, T I E L O C K E N, Tiloken coat uh, was designed by Thomas Burberry and it was patented. It was an outerwear, rainwear item, piece of clothing. And uh, the Tielokin coat is considered to be the predecessor to the trench coat that, uh, what uh, Burberry is known of today, the trench coat, okay? Uh, in that case, the Tielokin uh, was more simple and uh, it closed uh, with a simple strap and a buckle on the side. It was fastened on the side, so it was like an overlap of the front. Uh, so once one part, uh, it was open at the center uh, as an outerwear piece. So the left was uh, over, um, uh, th actually the right side was uh, uh, covering the left and by the side, on the left side, uh, there was a belt with a buckle and that was the way to fasten the coat and there was a button that um, uh, it closed at the, at, the, at the collar. So that was the original uh, outerwear that was designed by uh, Thomas Burberry in 1912. In 1913 now he was getting a lot of exposure and uh, 
publicity and all that, and it, it was becoming a famous brand, um, having a presence in London since 1891, okay? So it was uh, um, close to 20 years plus, uh, over 20 years, Burberry moved to a larger London premise at uh, Haymarket uh, and um, a very famous at the time architect designed the store. His name is Walter Cave. In the years of 1914 through 1917, another acclaimed British explorer wore uh, Burberry. Gabardine. His name is uh, Sir Ernest Shackleton. So he had three expeditions in the early 20th century, uh, and one of them was uh, including um, the endurance expedition. So he wore Gabardine and he gave uh, more publicity to the brand. In the years of 1914 through 1918, the famous Burberry trench coat is invented during uh, First World War, okay? So the functional design, it was very functional, it was worn by the army, included epaulets and it was used to suspend military equipment such as gloves and whistles. There were D-rings at the belt, which closed with a buckle. There were also pockets, um, like a pouch, so it was used to carry the the D-rings. The they used to carry grenades, um, and um, the gun flap uh, was to provide additional protection when in action, and uh, it was shielding soldiers from the storms, and it was not allowing the water to penetrate uh, and to make them uncomfortable. It was just running off smoothly. That was design of the gabardine. It was also warm and light and easy to wear. Okay, so that was the birth of the famous Burberry trench coat. Uh, and uh, now we move to the 1920s. Another famous trademark of, trademark of Burberry was born, uh, the Burberry check. It is registered now as a trademark. It was introduced as a lining to the rainwear. Eventually, it was used by accident uh, for um, accessories that, such as hats, uh, traveling bags, and a lot of other accessories, and then it became huge. But initially, one of the uh, store clerks in uh, Paris, I believe, uh, used um, the check, the now famous check, the Burberry check, uh, in an advertisement in order to make um, the trench coat more appealing. Uh, so she used um, that to cover uh, carry-on bags and, and, and a rain hat and I believe an umbrella to just uh, did it as part of an advertising campaign, but uh, uh, the public wanted it so much that the CEOs of the company and the people who were running the business decided to include the famous Burberry check as part of um, the offerings, uh, even as an outside fabric, not necessarily only for um, lining, uh, that it was intended initially, okay? So this is the birth of the famous check uh, in the 1920s. It goes back to the 1920s. 
1934, uh, something cool happened uh, with Burberry. Do you know the same uh, day delivery that we have from Amazon or uh, Neta Porter and very high-end uh, stores like here in New York City? We have Bergdorf's, Bergdorf Goodman. They deliver the same day. That's what they did back in the day, okay? They were the pioneers. In 1934, Burberry offers a same-day delivery in London. And they had their own dedicated uh, uh, car, little trunk that had Burberry on the side, and it was cute. So all the deliveries were made with this uh, little truck or van, which was cool. So in 1937, moving on, uh, uh, they were sponsoring now famous people. So they sponsored a record-breaking flight from Croydon to Cape Town in an aeroplane called the Burberry. Cool, right? Both aviators, the flying officer, which was Arthur Cluston, and Betty Kirby Green, his co-pilot, they both wore Burberry. So it was a huge publicity. Back in the day, 1937, how cool was that? So in 1955 now, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II grants Burberry a royal warrant as a weatherproofer. She was a famous uh, fan <laughs> of the brand and definitely she was wearing Burberry, the queen. In 1965, One in five coats exported from Britain was a Burberry product. They were very, very famous. In 1972, Burberry formally acquires the factory in Castleford, the home of the Burberry trench coat, uh, building on a manufacturing presence in the UK, uh, a legacy that continues today. Uh, currently, they have two factories uh, that they work uh, 24-7 uh, and uh, they, are in they are in England, so they do not export. Uh, everything is made there and the quality is, uh, is watched and it's, it's very intricate process, a lot of parts. Uh, it's a lot, it's very difficult to make a coat but definitely they, they make it right there and they keep their eyes on the quality that's why uh, the trench coats are considered to be a luxury item very basic very classic and timeless and it lasts forever so let's go back to the history in 1990 now Burberry is granted a royal warrant by the now King Charles In 1999, Burberry becomes Burberry's. It was initially Burberry's, okay? In 1999, they changed it. They changed the name. They um, called Burberry's Burberry without the S. It was a more, more sophisticated uh, branding option. And it 
went with the times. It went more uh, contemporary, minimal, and elegant and uh, cool. The 1990s, obviously, 2000s. In 1999, um, everyone was cool and hip, and the brand moved on to match the expectations and the times okay, of the 2000s. Uh, there was also a new logo that was designed by our director Fabien Baron. Okay. In the year 2000, Burberry opens its first store on Bond Street. In 2001, a very famous designer for the brand, uh, someone that really created. Uh, a lot of images and a lot of um, contributed a lot artistically and creatively to the brand, uh, Christopher Bailey. He was assigned uh, in 2001 a design director and uh, the brand really took off. In 2002, Burberry becomes a public quoted company floating on the London Stock Exchange. Now, under uh, Christopher uh, uh, Bailey, in 2008, uh, the Burberry Foundation was established, uh, and it is a charity, it's an independent charity for general charitable purposes and grant making. Um, in the spring of 2010, The collection was shown in London. Prior to that, it was shown uh, in the Milan Market Week. So, it's been now 25 years plus that um, they're shown in the London Fashion Week and it is one of the most important fashion shows uh, for, um, for that uh, particular uh, market, London Fashion Week. I would say it's the most famous. In 2010, Burberry is the first brand to live stream a fashion show, which was another pioneering uh, thing to do by a brand. Uh, it was not happening before. Um, Burberry is also the first luxury brand to join the Ethical Trading Initiative. In 2011, They decided to move away from selling wholesale uh, or license their name uh, and they decided to sell the collection through their own retail stores and sell it online. So that was the primary route of distribution. Primary. And it also launches the first tweet walk, premiering its uh, spring and summer 2012 women's wear collection on Twitter and posting each look live before it goes down the runaway. By the year 2014, Burberry operates 500 stores around the world. By the year 2016, Burberry 
is recognized as industry leader in the Dow Jones Sustainability Index in the textiles, apparel and luxury goods sector. Also, by that time, in 2016, Burberry is the first brand to make runaway collections available to consumers for purchase immediately after the show. Another pioneer, uh, pioneering thing uh, for the fashion world. In 2017, Burberry and the Royal College of Art, RCA, announced the establishment of the Burberry Material Futures Research Group with the aim of applying radical thinking to invent new sustainable materials, transform consumer experience and advance manufacturing to benefit the industry and wider community. In 2018, Burberry celebrates diversity and inclusivity with the rainbow vintage check throughout its February collection and makes donations to three leading organizations for the LGTB, LGBTQ um, group. Burberry joins the Ellen MacArthur Foundation make a fashion circular initiative as a core partner to help develop solutions to some of the biggest environmental issues faced by the fashion industry and work towards a circular economy. And here we go to another very famous um, creative uh, officer or director for the house. We're moving on to the Ricardo Tisci at some point. Christopher Bailey around 2017 um, he exited after so many years uh, the company and um, a new designer took over he was previously the designer that the design director the creative director for Givenchy so he was a big name in the industry so Ricardo Tisci he came in with um, expectations to, re- to reshape the brand because it was getting a little bit stale and it was not moving with the times. Although a lot of advan- advances have been made uh, under Christopher Bailey, he was there too long, so I suppose they needed new blood, new aesthetics. So Ricardo Tisci was known for a dark aesthetic, so uh, they brought him in to reshape the brand and their imaging but he failed to achieve he failed it it didn't work out so the desired momentum um, did not happen so eventually he also was replaced with a current current um, designer Daniel Lee okay so I'm going to end the history of um, Burberry here and I will come back to tell you a little bit about Daniel Lee 
and uh, the collections that he has uh, created uh, the spring uh, 2024 and the previous one winter 23-24 so I'm going to tell you what is happening at the house um, what trends he's bringing in what exciting new things he's doing I already told you that he has changed um, the branding now going back to Ricardo Tisci he has changed um, in um, the era that he was there um, around uh, 2018 up to 2022 for four years in general the industry uh, became a little bit more minimalistic so all the brands uh, really toned down their branding and made it very very simple minimal so he did that with Burberry as well so the font was changed into something very very simple minimalistic and uh, um, now Daniel Lee uh, redesigned it that's one of the changes that he made Uh, so I'm going to tell you about the new logo the new image um, what he's uh, doing with the collections and uh, what uh, the company is expecting from him and what we are excited about um, what is he's planning to do to bring um, uh, Burberry uh, to the next few years the future which is uh, this is where the company is very innovative so they're moving with the time so we're going to discuss that in the next segment right here so I'll be back so continuing with uh, the history of um, Burberry, uh, I have to say that uh, the brand traditionally was a mega luxury brand. It's part of the British institution. It is related to high quality, long lasting garments and uh, it has a lot of value. The brand itself um, created uh, the desirability by very smart product placements uh, earlier in its uh, uh, life. Uh, for example, uh, right after the wars, uh, World War One and Two, of course, they were making all the uniforms for the army and it, it was a successful um, uh, business for them they decided however to also focus elsewhere so they turned into hollywood Uh, this is where hollywood was really really happening after the war in the 1950s 60s 70s and uh, they they placed the garments on some very very famous personalities and uh, uh, movies of the times and uh, it um, intensified its desirability and uh, the luxury of the brand. Uh, for example, um, uh, Humphrey Bogart uh, wore in 1943 on the very famous movie Casablanca a trench coat. Uh, Marlena Dietrich um, uh, in uh, a formal affair in 1948 uh, she was also um, styled in a, in a Burberry 
trench coat. Uh, as well, later on, um, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, very, very famous classic movie. Um, Audrey Hepburn wore famously a coat by Burberry. Robert Redford, The Way We Were with Barbara Streisand, Robert Redford wore a trench coat there, Pink, Pan Pink Panther, Sherlock Holmes wore a famously the trench coat and a lot of other personalities like uh, Tara, uh, Cara Delevingne, I'm sorry, Cara Delevingne uh, were used, uh, um, Kate Moss in the advertisements. So it was really associated with glamour, hip, uh, beautiful British personalities, and it became that luxury. For a while, uh, in the 1970s, the brand went through a couple of decades uh, of uh, losing its image and uh, really uh, cheapening their image uh, with all the um, diffusion lines and uh, copying of the collection and really going downwards. It took them a while to figure things out and to rebrand, so therefore they did a lot of rebranding. Uh, one of the rebrandings was uh, with Tishi, um, uh, but uh, that was a wrong uh, uh, approach, uh, so they asked him, not really <laughs> asked him, but they, they just asked him politely to just leave, uh, according to the rumors <laughs> I don't know maybe he decided to leave and do his own brand I have no idea but according to what I'm reading um, it was not uh, working what he did however however going back to today's uh, designer Daniele they brought him in and uh, after all these twists and turns and going uh, uh, high and going low and going logo plaid all over the place, their famous plaid, really cheapening their image, uh, and then to another point, no plaid um, at all, so uh, it, it became a lot of um, confusion, confusion with the collection, and it lost its image and uh, the desirability, however, through the right placements again, the right advertisement, the right strategies, the right people, they managed to bring it back into where it is today, a mega luxury brand and a British institution. So, um, here we have uh, Daniel Lee and his first collection was part of this major rebrand. The winter collection of 23-24 was wonderful. It went back to classics, uh, the nostalgic uh, back, uh, the, the nostalgic uh, Burberry. Um, it's known for uh, classic uh, quality uh, heritage, Burberry heritage. It's all associated with that, the new collection. So uh, whatever was tarnished uh, in the past, it was reversed uh, and currently the new collection is just right. Um, it's considered to be wearable, commercial, easy, especially for the recession core 
aesthetic that is happening right now uh, where very traditional very timeless quality uh, clothing are really desirable he's delivering that so he's bringing back classic Burberry and this is what he did uh, I'm going to end here and then I'm going to come back and um, uh, tell you more details about the spring 2024 collection which um, was uh, his second collection and uh, I just saw it recently and there are some um, uh, details that I would like to share and some comments I would like to make and bring you up today with what, with what is happening with um, Burberry. I'm very excited. Uh, I absolutely love the new direction. I'm on the classic side. I was always on the classic, more traditional side, but uh, there is some freshness also with this uh, amazing, talented uh, designer, Daniel Lee, and uh, cannot wait to see where he's going to take the company because... Uh, Yes, he's classic, but he's also cool and contemporary and very innovative. And uh, the combination of the two, it makes me excited and looking forward to, to, to see what he's going to offer uh, in the fashion world. So I'll be back with uh, comments about the collection. just watched the show once again to just refresh my memory the spring 2024 uh, Burberry collection that uh, Daniel Lee designed for the house of Burberry this is his second collection I was impressed the first time but now that I know more after doing the research I really appreciate what he did uh, the collection it has a contemporary yet classic vibe it has a retro feeling and it is uh, perfect for our times uh, people are yearning to go back and from what I have seen in uh, other collections as well there was a retro vibe uh, wearable um, something that has um, uh, brings you back and to different decades uh, 70s 80s 90s the 2000s uh, I feel here it was a blend of all the collections past overall and the styles and uh, he stayed within a classic aesthetic but it has a contemporary feel for example, the, it, it is very tailored and uh, great tailoring and this is what I liked about the collection. Also, I liked the fact that he introduced uh, um, luxury fabrics such as silk in a, in a very, uh, uh, one of my favorite prints was the chain print. Uh, um, inspired by the hardware from the handbags and I liked it the silhouettes they were very soft and fluid uh, the tailoring was crisp and uh, tailored <laughs> beautiful uh, great uh, uh, proportions uh, great fit and uh, elegant uh, it reminds me what other designers have done for example the Gucci collection um, it is very saleable, very wearable, very classic. Uh, the gabardine, uh, traditional gabardine was used. Uh, uh, the trench uh, uh, look was uh, very uh, prevalent in the collection. What made it a little bit more contemporary and more cool and hip was a very low-waisted belt that he used instead of the... Uh, 
waist belt that is uh, traditionally associated with uh, the classic trench look from Burberry. Uh, he uh, showed uh, the belt uh, worn extremely low and that was new and crisp. To me it was very young. Uh, the younger generation may uh, go for that because uh, they want something new and hip and cool. Um, and uh, the plaid was introduced. Um, in a very innovative ways, uh, not the classic uh, Burberry plot. It was shown diagonally. It was shown uh, different colors and a different scale. Uh, oversized plaid uh, tops, for example. Uh, they were new versions, and I really like that. He started showing that in the previous collections, uh, collection as well, the winter of 2324. Uh, uh, so he is definitely taking some of the classic. Um, elements of uh, the collection and he's uh, reintroducing them in a very uh, creative way um, he's uh, he's just he was quoted uh, by saying and I'm not quoting him 100% right but uh, correctly but uh, uh, this is more or less what he said he's just uh, not there to just do another collection he's just there to to do another brand another era another direction for the company that has huge expectations of growth and uh, mega plans for huge production and uh, uh, earnings in the billions um, so um, he's going the classic way um, he introduced, uh, he's known uh, from his Bottega days uh, for these padded, uh, uh, quilted, soft handbags and shoes. I saw handbags, a uh, different version, of course, not similar to the Bottega, but uh, definitely I saw uh, him taking uh, the accessories uh, this direction using this soft, padded, uh, almost cushiony uh, leather that I saw. I saw the most amazing belt on the ma male model with the equestrian uh, design of the logo. Uh, very um, wide uh, belt worn uh, on the hips. Uh, with, uh, he was topless and I thought that was a cool uh, ending to the show. Again, everything had a retro look, a retro vibe. So. Um, uh, the belt I absolutely loved. I loved the accessories. I loved the soft, fluid, uh, uh, retro vibes of the dresses, the classic prints. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, British eccentricity here and there, but overall, he stayed within uh, the classic contemporary vibe, and I think he did a fantastic job. Um, there were a couple of dresses that I loved, specifically a hunter green form-fitted, uh, uh, slightly A-line, but asymmetrical bottom with zippers. Uh, I absolutely liked that dress with a deep V um, neckline and sleeveless, and I thought it was very cool, very hip, and uh, again, very retro. I can uh, remember uh, seeing dresses like that in uh, decades before in the designers uh, that they were shown during the 2000s, for example. So yes, the retro feel is back, the familiarity of uh, the glamorous past, uh, uh, that people are associating with is there. People like that. They feel safe. They feel comfortable. Um, oh, he also introduced uh, a new uh, uh, 
campaign, a Burberry Street uh, campaign, that I thought it was really cool. Uh, basically, he's taking over a street uh, a section in, uh, in, in a famous city. He started with London, but he's planning to do this in Asia and I think in New York as well and other major uh, centers in the world. So he's branding, he's bringing the brand to the street. He's uh, doing events, so the people that are associating with the heritage of the brand and the logos and the colors, associating that with food, branding, culture and all that, music, uh, street fair type of a situation, um, flags uh, with a new branding. The new branding again is the equestrian uh, uh, symbol that initially they started uh, back in the day, like I said earlier in this uh, podcast, but he changed the color, he made it more modern, more um, contemporary, more appropriate for our times, and definitely he injected that color blue, which was initially part of the collection, but uh, not in a major way, but now he's going to make it huge, because because what he does, um, the designer, what he did, for example, for the Bottega house, uh, he brought in this uh, bright neon color green, and he associated that with... uh, the 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 collection uh what he's doing here he's using the color blue uh which was uh part of the heritage in a small way and he's making it big he is using uh, that to do accessories home furnishings uh, uh, definitely the logo again is this, this bright blue the equestrian and um I think he's uh, he's uh, exceeding uh, and um, uh, the expectations of the people. Uh, the collection, the reviews, they were good. I read a couple of reviews, uh, and um, overall, um, everybody seems to think that uh, the collection and and the house it's on the path of becoming a huge success and. Um, uh, due to the fact that I'm a huge Anglophile, <laughs> I was always. I wish them success because uh, I love the, I love I love the British vibe. I'm going to end here. I hope you liked uh, my um, uh, description and my 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 the topic of uh, going deep into the house of. Uh, Burberry, I felt uh, it was right for us to get uh, uh, in-depth understanding and uh, a total look uh, of what is happening, especially in a house such as Burberry that I feel is going to be around. Uh, It has been around for a long time and it's going to be in our lives. And now with uh, the the new designer, Daniel Lee, uh, at the helm of the creative uh, part of the of the house uh, I, I'm very excited I think it's going to get huge again and we might as well know the details about the brand right so um, I'm going to leave you here I'm going to come back with yet another uh, podcast very soon I apologize for not recording for a while but uh, I'm going to make it up to you my darlings by uh, recording more more uh, episodes so I'm going to to bombard you a little bit with uh, uh, more um, podcasts but um, this is to make up for the last uh, for the lost time uh, and um, 
the fact that I did not uh, um, post some episodes for a while. I was just not willing to do this. I felt overwhelmed, but uh, going uh, in depth and uh, focusing in one particular um, design house to me it's easier. And uh, I also learned a lot about uh, uh, the collections. So bye bye for now and uh, stay well.